on a very belated and long overdue, we are back. Uh, we are back with a brand new episode. I believe it's 270. It might be 271. Heck, I don't know. I guess you'll see once I you know, actually put this up. Uh, but it has been a while. It has been a lot of stuff and a lot of work and a lot of busyness on everyone's part. But we are going to come back. And we're going to come back better than ever. And we're going to kickstart that return with multiple guests two guests in fact three-time returning guests and first-time guests tyler ruff tyler b ruff uh you can find him at we are the and jim oosley author of butcher queen author of uh, rough and tumble and dead planet uh i'm sorry dead palace uh but uh planet of the dead which would be the second butcher queen but anyway like you can hear all that stuff in the in, in the episode because they're on here to promote their uh jim and tyler's new book uh called the Atonement Bell. I was uh, fortunate enough to kickstart the Atonement Bell, the Atonement Bell, and it is uh, Jim's first horror. Horror. Remember, I'm, I have bad pronunciation since I'm from Southeast Missouri, but it is a scary book, and it's a pretty exciting book. I've read the first issue. I can't wait for the second issue. I can't wait for each issue to follow, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode because I think we had a pretty pretty good time. Uh, Tyler zooms in. Jim's in person. Uh, Jim lives out close to me now, which is exciting. So hopefully. Uh, we get to hang out with him a little more and, uh, you know, talk about other things that he's into and not just comic books and, and uh, uh, sketch comedy, which he talks about a little bit on here, but uh, a lot of scary movie talk. So anyway, I- I'm rambling because I'm super excited to be back. And again, this is episode 270-something, and it's uh, The Atonement Bell by Jim Oosley and Tyler B. Ruff, and it's coming at you right after the bomb goes off, which is pretty quick about now. Oh, that's a lot better. That's a lot better. Uh, We were trying, I was trying to get in some information and and develop a rapport without giving away too many questions and stuff before the show started. (laughs) Yeah. Which is super hard to do. Well, Tyler's also, he's very uh, mysterious. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's what, what, as soon as he cars close to his his chest. He popped up on the screen and said, Is that Bruce Wayne? So, uh, but I got to tell you what, since we've got these on and it's a little warm down here, uh, you want to go ahead and start? Sure. Well, then I'm just going to say we're in it. We're back. Uh, I've got, before we jump into my two guests, I will say um, I've had to go on a little bit of hiatus with the podcast of late. We we took a big break because my co-hosts are busy. I'm busy uh, in my industry. This is uh, the looming recession has caused me to have to double down on work. So, when you reached out, it's like, what a perfect way to restart the podcast. And it's only been about seven weeks, but I'm like, still, that's a big break when you do it when we're on almost 300 episodes. So, right. yeah. Yeah. so that said, uh, for everybody listening, this is kind of a relaunch or I'm going to call it season three. Season two was very short. We had a rider strike. That's why we cut it short. <laughs> but uh, uh, I am joined uh, by third time guest, Jim Oosley. Hi, it's good to be here. And uh, new partner for the what we're going to talk about coming up, Tyler Ruff. Hey, now hey, we've, how's it going? Now we've got Tyler via Zoom, so if you 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 somehow hear a delay, it's it's we're letting him catch the questions. But Jim's here in person, and I was just telling Tyler before you got here, this is your third time. We did it pre-COVID, we right. did it during COVID, and now you're doing it post-COVID. So yeah. it's your second appearance in the, the house. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> sandwiching what it is. Uh, but for those that that are, are a little newer to the podcast or don't remember, uh, Jim's joined us twice for two different series uh, from Red 5 Comics and 
successful Kickstarters, uh, Butcher Queen, right. and then Butcher Queen, Planet of the Dead. Yep. And uh, I, I, and which I got both of those. I kickstarted the second one. I don't remember if I kickstarted the first one. I think I, I came in remember. after the fact. I think so. Yeah, I think we first met at a Wizard World. I think something like that. Yeah. And yeah. we we have mutual friends, but anyway, it, it, and so it, it kind of it was a small world. Can I say it was destiny? <laughs> it was destiny. Well, you write, so you're 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 a wordsmith, so you using words like destiny. I, I can't argue with it. So, uh, but we are here for a specific reason again, because here we are back it, on the podcast talking about a brand new comic. This time, a departure from the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You're venturing into the uh, the scary books this time around. Yeah. With the atonement bell, um, and and I, you know. I want to get into Tyler uh, here in a second, but I do want to get some background on the atonement bell for uh, the atonement bell for a little bit because, um, you know, we've we've been friends since we've you know met through the podcast and the comic book world and stuff. But I've certainly because my friends have told me some of your interests and stuff in life too. So so jumping into the scary books, the the horror comic, yeah. Although it's new for you, like I told you, you know, we were talking back before. It's it, it's kind of something that you've always been into, though, right? I've always loved horror. Yeah. In fact, a few years ago, uh, me and Ben Sawyer, who mm-hmm. artists who you also know, we did an anthology horror anthology called The Dead Palace. Oh, that's right. I, I should have mentioned that one first because that's where I first met you. Oh, okay. That's, that's right. right. Okay. I bought and then. Later, when we got together for the Butcher Queen, I was like, "Wait a minute! It's I'm, I'm putting the puzzle pieces together." Yeah. And I pulled out the hardcover that you guys had signed and the slipcase yeah. for the next year. So, I actually, I think with the uh, the Dead Palace. Well, yeah, the Dead Palace was the. Oh, I'm the, sorry. The, yeah, yeah. The, Dead Palace. You're thinking of Rough and Tumbles. Rough and Tumbles when we met. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, the Dead Palace was actually the one that got us attention from Red Five, and they initially wanted to do a Dead Palace series. But then they thought, well, the stories aren't this, you know, they're on, you know, they're different lengths and it, it won't really work out right. Is there anything that you want to pitch to us that's from the book? And I, I loved Butcher Queen. I loved that character, Sid Kiowa. And so I thought, yeah, I've got something to pitch for you. Had no idea at the time that I talked to him. So I had a week to put something together. And so I, I uh, put it together. I pitched it to them and they liked it. And then, yeah, we were off and running, really. We did that series then. Uh, which was Black Star City, and then we did Planet of the Dead. And, uh, yeah, here we are with the Atonement Bell. Which is why we bring in Tyler. And But before I want to, I want to start that, uh, I do want to let people know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, Tyler, you weren't the original artist on the Atonement Bell, right? You did? No, did, I was not. Yeah, you because you, when you pitched it and when you first kickstarted it, there was a different artist. There was, yeah. And so I want to talk about, uh, before we get into the book, which we were going to get into the book hard, but I want to talk about the process of, of getting the, you know, obviously, if you have an idea, you start putting it on paper and you decide, okay, I've got something here. You pitch it. It's going to be a book. Uh, Red Five is going to get behind it. You kickstart it again. And at this point, you're like, I got to say, kickstarting is old hat for you because you've had three Three or four? It's uh, this. This was my fourth one, I think. Fourth successful Kickstarter. Yeah, but it's uh, you know when you do a Kickstarter, you you kind of while the campaign's going, you devote your life to it. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. And it's it's so it's so stressful. Like you know, even when you're done with the Kickstarter, even if it's successful, there's so many moving pieces to it. Like you've got to get the uh, the other sort of uh, rewards to people and have those created, and it's it's. It's pretty wild, but it's really essential for what we do in in the comics world. You know, really, if you don't if you don't work for the big two or three, this is pretty uh, pretty common to do a Kickstarter and then have the. Well, you know. 
I, I can even tell you too from from personal relationships I have with with other creators like Colin Bunn. Yeah, he has worked for the big two, and he still kickstarts all of his own sure. books. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the way to do it still. Yeah. But so so you you successfully kickstarted. But let, let's go back to you, you picked your artist, and now this artist wasn't a local artist that picked you picked her. No, he was a he was a Los Angeles based right. uh, artist, and I think it was kind of a we were at a bit of a disadvantage because he. He wasn't really familiar with St. Louis, and this is my first. This is the first story I've ever had that takes place in St. Louis, and so um, and he's he, you know he's a great artist. I've got nothing bad yeah, to say yeah. about him, but like uh, when he would see St. Louis in the script, I think he would see like uh, Louisiana, and so some of the art we got back was like uh, like in a like a shanty in New Orleans and stuff like that, and so it it wasn't quite working, and so we, you know went our separate ways and then i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna what am i gonna do because I, I just couldn't think of anybody in town that i knew and i really wanted somebody from the general metropolitan area because yeah. of the aesthetic and everything else but i couldn't think of anybody whose art could really match that and then and I, ben is busy with a bunch of stuff he is always yeah. yeah yeah and and so and you guys have done successful stuff together in the past and and, and not that there, there was a you know i know he's he's even going to do a pinup or oh no he's doing, doing the colors. Co- colors he's doing colors for yeah because he's really series. dove into that too yeah he's, he's great yeah and, and we, yeah we're friends and stuff yeah yeah but it you you had to scramble to find a new artist yeah I, you know at one point i was so uh, i worked so hard on, on the the script and the, everything else but that for a brief moment, I was like, I'm just not going to do this, and I'm going to just refund everyone's money. Oh, wow. And just kind of, you know, forget about it. But actually, Tyler and I did a free comic book day uh, signing together. And uh, Tyler writes, and he can tell you about this, he writes a series called Unforgiven. And I saw the artwork, and he and I talked a little bit, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is. You know, this is really kind of a, a godsend in a way. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need to pitch this to Tyler. I hope he likes the idea. And then uh, Tyler can take it from here. He's probably tired of hearing me yeah, talk. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's probably had to hear you talk a lot over the last few, uh, or at least read your words. So. Yeah, uh, we met at the at the free comic book day, and you know I'm I'm always busy with with the Unforgiven. That's uh, my my ongoing series that I do everything for. So that's. Um, you know, I do the the writing, the colors, the pencils, the inks, the promotion, the publishing, like every aspect of it. So, you know, it, that's a full time job in and of itself, plus the day job. And uh, but you know, I read the script and and I liked what I read. So I thought, well, let me let me give a shot to because uh, you know I'm, I'm usually only just my own solo project. And I thought, well, let me try let me try a collaboration out. Let me try out. Uh, publishing through you know a, a bigger publisher than self-publishing like still indie but way bigger than you know yeah, i was used yeah. to so i thought yeah all right let's give this a shot well, here now we you, are uh, you said you this so is this your first real collaboration with drawing someone else's words yeah this is my thoughts? first first collaborative project yeah uh all my other stuff is is solo work hmm. yeah he's uh the unforgiven is a really great series and uh he actually, I think, gave me some stuff, and I, I bought some stuff. I can't remember. I didn't steal anything 
from our table. I, I know that. <laughs> there was no there was no theft that I know of. Well, but real quick, then we'll have to check the cameras. Let's touch on that before we get to the atonement bell, too. Then uh, we are the unforgiven.com. That's your domain, yeah. right? Or your uh-huh. website. So, and people can check that out there. But what give I guess give the elevator pitch on what that book's about for people. Uh, it's about a group of rebels trying to take down a corrupt government after a war has destroyed most of the planet. It's a sci-fi action adventure series. Uh, guns have been outlawed, so people are running around with swords and bows and whatever they can find to take back their world. Oh, awesome. It's a cool series. Yeah. yeah and, and how many issues are you on? I just published the 17th, I think. Holy cow. Um, yeah, so it's a 50-issue it's a series, so I got a little while to go. And are, are you getting um, it? What's your rate of getting it out? Uh, I generally do about two a year because most of my issues are uh, 40 to 44 page, like oh, double issues. Okay. So um, a lot of them are, there are four of them that are little half issues that are you know about 10 pages, but uh, most of them are, are double sized issues. Uh, so we'll just call it a prestige format, which you pack a lot more per issue. So, and yeah. how are, how do you distribute that book as an indie book just through your website or do you have some, some other site that they can order through? Yeah, it's uh, it's print on demand, but mostly distributed through me. Yeah, okay. I uh, on my website, I've got a web store. People can get it there. Um, you can read most of it for free on my website. Um, you know, and if you like it, you know, hopefully, pick up uh, pick up a hard copy at conventions too, because you do con- you know uh, yeah that stuff sometimes yeah yeah, and I, I find that's the best way to, to connect with people is in is in person oh, at, at, at tables and and things like that, and you know, get them to like actually hold the book in their hands and be like, oh no, this is a this is a cool thing that looks way cooler on off the screen yeah well i'll tell you um i got the 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 the, the preview copy and read the preview copy okay. and uh i had forgotten um and then it's my fault for forgetting that when you switched artists you told me yeah i'm switching artists and i had forgotten that he had you had said i i, I guess i i just glazed over the fact that you went with a local artist and when i sent jim a message last a uh, week or two ago when i finally got to read it I said, man, I don't, I don't know what the other art was going to look like, but whoever you got to do it now has captured what St. Louis feels like to me. Yeah, and it makes way yeah. more sense that you're from here because you, you nailed St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, mean, and that was really important to me too. Like that, I really wanted to make sure that the people from here were like, I know that place. I've been there. Like that's exactly what it looks like. That's you know that street goes to this street. Like I wanted it all the and that that's what was great about it. And it's what it's not even and not even to demean how much work you put into it, but like on the on some of the landmarks. But just when the characters are driving into town, yeah. the highway, I was like, oh, that, that is definitely St. Louis. I know where that is. I mean, yeah, that's, right. that's such an arbitrary – could be such an arbitrary scene. And, and I'm sure for people that buy this out of St. Louis are not even going to spot it. But I, like you said, I think that's a, not even an Easter egg because it's not like you, you're hiding it. You're punching them in the face with the background. And I, I honestly feel, and, and I told Jim, I said, yeah, this, I mean, I, I understand what you're doing in your first issue. It's so much setup. you got you got to establish the story and what it's about. I said, but uh, the, the the background is a character into itself or someone that lives around St. Louis and in St. Louis, and that's what felt really good. And, and honestly, I'm excited, and I'm great to see where it goes, but for someone that just got the first preview issue, that was the most exciting part for me was the, the St. Louis visuals because I really felt it in every scene, and it was awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I think Tyler went around and took photos and, you know, all kinds of <sighs> You stuff. put in the legwork. He did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I made several trips into the city. Like every time I, I realized in the script, I was like, oh, I got to get a whole I got to get a whole feel of this location. I got to walk this out. I got to take 
reference photos of this and this. And, you know, it was, it was just really important for me to, to get it right. I think. Well, let me ask you too. I, and I apologize for not knowing, and I'm definitely going to check out your other book, but is your other book set in an area around St. Louis or anything of the like, and even in a post-World War, uh, war, war uh, can't even talk, <laughs> World War? Um, there are there are two issues that do take place in a post-apocalyptic St. Louis. Okay. So, so, so is um, this different for, for that you? Too. Like, is this vastly different to draw modern times and actually pull from uh, from from picture accurate uh, landscapes and yeah. landmarks? Yeah, there's a lot less to just make up. Like, there's a lot less I have to completely conceive of out of thin air that, like, doesn't which, exist. Um, which one of those packs more pressure, making up your, your scenery or having to duplicate stuff that is known by people? It's hard telling. Uh, they each have, you know, their, their, their perks and their drawbacks. When you can make stuff up on your own, it's, you know, nobody knows what this looks like. So there's – that's a wide – infinite possibility and that's you know that's a lot of pressure yeah and you got to make you know if, if you're coming up with futuristic vehicles or futuristic weapons or anything like that you're like well this has to make sense so there's a lot of a lot of thought that goes into that and i guess it is a little a little easier to be like yeah this exists and i can get a picture of it if i need <laughs> yeah uh it's funny because you apparently collect sci-fi artists is what you do because <laughs> ben, ben was such a big site love the that was he loves sci-fi oh, yeah, but yeah. actually tyler's a horror fan oh also. okay so you know i yeah horror horror and sci-fi definitely well that's a that's a pretty good transition because we here we set and and as this comes out it will probably come out on monday so we're on the precipice of halloween yeah and uh We'll, we'll, we'll break down what the atonement bell is about because I feel like one way to let people get in touch with it is to, to find out where what inspiration you drew from. So, so as horror fans in this time of year, what are what well, like what's the go to for scary movies for you guys? Uh, you want to go first, Tyler? Oh no, you go for it. <laughs> okay, because so. you came in wearing a Halloween shirt. Uh, yeah, Halloween three season of the witch. Though arguably the worst one, arguably. Well, I, I like it. I know. Well, <laughs> let me rephrase it. A bad Halloween movie, but not a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no Michael Myers, but yeah. So I yeah, I'm a big fan of the Halloween franchise. Um I've seen the, the latest movie twice already. Okay, I, I want to come back. I want you to put a pin in that for me, but because uh, I don't want to bog down with a movie review, but I do want to hear about it. Because again, I feel the same way with it, like I did Season of the Witch. Okay, it's not yep. necessarily a bad movie, but it got off in the Halloween off ramp yeah. and went into some other territory. But sure, yeah, but yeah, I like uh, I like that franchise. I but I also like um, the Changeling. I like that one a lot. Black Christmas is one of my favorite. movies. Oh, that's awesome you know, of all time, probably so. Um, and I also, I'm a big fan of the universal classic horror movies, um, like uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, The Old Dark House, which is one that not a lot of people know about, yeah. but that's an amazing film. And actually, one thing I love about Tyler's art, you know, obviously the first stuff that I see is pencils or, and inks, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stuff um, really does capture, for me, um, a bit of that sort of, almost gothic uh, autumn atmosphere, you know? I can see that. And uh, so it's it's really a treat not only to see St. Louis represented so well, because St. Louis is an important part of the story, and there's a reason why it was set there, but also to see the more fantastical stuff that, that Tyler does. It's, it's so much fun. And if you like the art in issue one, Issue two will blow your mind. Awesome. Yeah. That's a good tease. Well, there's there's one page in particular. They all look great, but there's one page in particular that's like one of my favorite pages. 
ever. It just looks amazing, and uh, you'll you'll know it when you see it. Probably, I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, um, I, I will say before, because I, I do want I want I want to find out Tyler's uh, his fandom when it comes to horror movies. Um, I do want to say you you brought up something earlier about the art and the the previous artist, and you you said that it was too much Louisiana. Now, I guess if there's a defense of that guy, which we, you know you said there there was no hard friends, yeah. I could see where he would get off on a mistake on that from the very opening scene to how it's set in the woods, mm-hmm. and with the you know with with certainly some of the colors of the characters that you've created in this, I, it, it, it's it's too bad that he couldn't get out of that because because and, and good. Good for us that Tyler could jump into oh, yeah. it the right way because, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I could see where that would, when you don't talk on a day, can't talk on a daily basis or you're conversing through email or what have well, you. Well, Tyler, you know, the, the thing with Tyler, too, is that he, if you look at his work, you can tell that he, he really, really, really cares about, you know, everything, all the details and the devil's in the details, right? And I think for this kind of book, that's, you know, incredibly important to put across and uh you can tell with in every panel that he he really gets it and one reason also and i didn't mention this before um i I may have told tyler this but i don't i don't remember one thing i really like about tyler's work and why his work is so important to this book is that a lot of it is people talking and having these conversations and when you read a comic book like that and you, you see those characters, they need to be emoting something. They need to be in that moment. And Tyler does that. And, that, and not everybody's good at that. Especially in the first issue through the car ride and the first arrival at the house. It's, oh, yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's a lot of dialogue, but it is a lot of uh, well, character building for future stuff that comes up in the issue. And it's, uh, it's a lot where you – I could, I mean, as an artist, Tyler, is that um, – is that something that a challenge that you welcome? Because you have to find a visually something to to keep people's attention throughout this. Uh, are are there, I mean, there's certainly people could get lost in in the the just the I guess for lack of a better word the mundane of the the setup since it is just conversation or in a car. It does, yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, is that is that something that that you you set down? You're like, all right, I have to because I harped on a lot of your backgrounds, which are beautiful and how much they capture St. Louis. But you, Jim's one hundred percent right. Your characters are great too. The art on the characters are great too. But is that uh, is that a conscious decision that I have to sit here and I have to make this driving car scene look interesting to people? Yeah, I mean, all the all of the talking heads like facial expressions are, are kind of my bread and butter. Um, I've got a, a theater background and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into the, the melodrama, you know, making it look, you know, as, as appropriate to the emotions that the people are feeling as possible. And, you know, within the realm of also keeping it interesting and there's some, you know, you got to kind of heighten the drama a little bit and make it, make it as entering as interesting as possible. There's when you, when you draw comics, there's, you're essentially, and I hate to compare the two, but it's like it's kind of like film. It's it's narratively similar in that, you know, you're picking out individual moments from, like, a, essentially a film reel, and you're like, what what moment perfectly encapsulates this scene? What what one second, you know, encapsulates this scene in this whole uh, like two minute clip? Like, you know, between these two panels of these people talking, like what? moment in those two moments between moments am I going to use to like convey exactly what's happening at that right, you know, that right fraction of a second so that the reader's like, Oh, I know everything that's 
I need to know about this. And that's, you know, you gotta be pretty judicious about that. And, um, so I, I do my best to, to achieve that. And there's, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of facial expressions, a lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of, you know, snapshots of, of these people who never lived to try to convince people that they have, you yeah. know, and that's what I mean. That's that's not something you see a whole lot of. You, you don't. There's not a lot of artists that can really, really do that. You know what I mean? I, to, to my way of thinking, and you know, these characters mean so much to me. You know, I I love. You know, I I was telling somebody recently that when I finished writing the Atonement Bell, I I was a little bit sad because I missed the characters, because in a funny way they kind of become your friends. You know, they've got their own little personalities and and. Again, Tyler is a so has been so good at drawing that out visually, and uh, it's just a great matchup, you know. And you did you did also make a, a great decision too, and in, in, with the characters and stuff. And it's something we talked about the last time you were on here. Um, for those that have never been to St. Louis or never spent really amount of time in St. Louis, there's a massive Bosnian population, mm-hmm. and you you drew from that for this book too. Yeah, I think, you know, I think in a lot of uh, narrative media, I think St. Louis is ill-represented. I'd agree with that. And, and, and that's that's kind of putting it politely. I, I would also extend that to all of Missouri. I, 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 I won't <laughs> shit on the show because I enjoyed the hell out of Ozarks. Yeah. But as someone that grew up going to the Ozarks every week, and I was like, what is this place they're talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like we, we, we are uh, – we're very backwoods for people that don't live in this live in the near the Midwest. They they think of us as hillbillies, mm-hmm. and then people that do think of our metropolitan areas like St. Louis, they think of it as they almost picture it like Detroit. It's like yeah, we, we, there's no there's it, hey there's it's a city. There's a lot of layers yeah. to the city, and that's that's the thing too. I mean, it's you know St. Louis. I I love our city. Um, I, I'm I'm proud of St. Louis. Uh, we have an incredibly diverse ethnic. Uh, population, uh, lots of cultures, and you're right. The Bosnian community, when they uh, came to St. Louis, uh, they actually revitalized a part of St. Louis that was essentially dying, and they really revitalized that. So I, I really wanted to paint a picture of St. Louis that was more accurate than I had seen. It's it's really the uh, the city that I've experienced personally, and there's just so much here. You know, at the same time. Um, we're not without our problems. Oh, yeah, you know, well, obviously, like and, every uh, city. Yeah, like every city. Um, and you know, St. Louis is like that as well. So it was important to have that aspect represented somewhat as well. And, it, and it's all important to the plot anyway. Yeah, no, and and you know, again, and I know this is this can be said for a lot of cities too. But I think you draw in, you really hint to a little bit of. Uh, I guess some of the discrimination and the racism that has existed in the city. Cause sure. for, for unfortunately for us, there is a systemic racism really affected how St. Louis was developed throughout yeah. the years and stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that, I, I don't know, I think you, you've done a great job in the first book and, and you've talked to me a little bit more about what's going on in the book. So I, I get a small peek behind the curtain, but it's not even it, What's great about it is you, you, you feel the love from both of you in the book especially even in the first issue and it, it's it's not like you had to go do a deep dive in research i mean you've you've lived it we live here yeah. yeah yeah a couple of people brought up the idea that we have gaslight they talk about gaslight square a little bit because that's where the general area where they're they're kind of at and we mentioned like you know uh red fox and tina turner yeah and, you know there's so much stuff that people don't know about the city that's just pure magic yeah yeah 100 you know? percent. yeah now 
I want to I want to go back to the question I asked because you did do you do a great job. I don't want to give too much away, but the the ghostly figure that's kind of uh, behind this whole thing, you do a great job on how she looks, Tyler. And I, w- I want to ask you, as a horror fan, drawing some of these deaths and some of this stuff too, what was the other than just you know your your own imagination? What was some of the influence that you pulled from cinematically to make this happen? What if, what was your favorite scary movies to get you going? Uh, well, my I generally uh, go back to Vincent, old Vincent Price movies. Nice. Um, uh, I like you know House on Haunted Hill, uh, House of Wax, like the original ones. Um, I like uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original, and Dawn of the Dead, the original. Funny, you got to say like the original with a lot of these as a qualifier, <laughs> just because of you know how many times it's been made and made and made. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like uh, I generally like the older horror movies but you know i uh i like stuff like the shining too as well that's i guess old at this point but yeah. um older I, anyway i'm looking it up just so i could bring it up i recently had a uh I'm, i've got my my i was telling him a little earlier about my friends that are both uh comic and and novelist out of kansas city and i'm doing colors for their upcoming book oh, that nice. they're doing but uh, we're in this. They started this uh, Midwest Horror cl- fan club on uh, Facebook that we, we've done, and one of the guys brought up a Vincent Price movie that I'd never seen, and so I had to go back and watch it this week uh, th- or this past week. And man, I got to tell you, I was blown away by it. And I, 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 I for the life, of, oh, here we go. Uh, it was his character where he had very few words in it through the whole. Uh, uh, what was his character's name? Oh, Doctor Phoebes. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. What a, I didn't. I haven't watched the sequel yet. But what a great movie! It's a great. Yeah, movie. that's yeah. one of my favorites. And actually, uh, that movie is what inspired the uh, Batman animated series. Their depiction of Mister Freeze in that show is entirely inspired by that. Which uh, he is, was kind of a joke character before then, and they entirely rewrote him around Doctor Fives' movie. Fives, I say, yeah, 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 and and which. And, and people have heard me wax on about this too, which is the single greatest animated series of all time, by the way, Batman the oh, Animated yeah. Series. Yeah. I mean, it won Emmys. It's great. Yeah. Like, now, now, did at you a time ha- when when stuff like that wasn't doing that? Yeah, right, right. Uh, now, speaking of uh, old movies and and fame, the the Universal monsters. Um, let's tie it into something that is new right now. Have either of you watched Werewolf by Night yet? Yeah. Not yet. I want to. <laughs> I haven't yet. We're not going to spoil it, but I think... Tyler, you will love it. It's honestly. my single favorite Disney so. Plus Marvel thing they've done so far. Me too. And then She-Hulk's 2. Things. She-Hulk's 2 for me, but that is one. And yeah. man, they just do talk about nailing the vibe, the things you're talking about. And and I guess I'll, I'll you know, use that to ask you my next question, because I meant to do it too. So when you do... When you have all these classic movies in mind, too, do you sometimes not? I mean, not not. Do you sometimes go so far as deep as to pay tribute in certain scenes you draw, or do you? Are you? Does those movies? Do you see those scenes in your head sometimes? You're thinking, oh, I need that that look for the book. And does does movies help play that kind of role for you when you're drawing it? Not consciously. Um, I think I just a lot of the things that I draw. It's I'm just influenced by everything I've ever seen in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're a product of everything that we've experienced in life. So yeah. I get that. And, yeah, which absolutely. is kind of, kind of the way you even wrote the book too. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, so I guess we should tell people again too. The book comes out November 25th. 
Uh, no, no, November 9th. 9th, yeah, yeah that night. It comes out uh, November 9th um, everywhere. And then we have a launch party. We're calling it the Atonement Bell Ritual. The Ritual. That's Release nice. Ritual, yeah. And Not to scare people off. Yeah, but. yeah. It's going to be at the Wizard's Wagon in the in the Loop in U-City. you've done that before for your launch parties. Yeah, it's kind of a tradition yeah. for us. And yeah. they're, they're really cool and accommodating. Um, and just a little bit about that event. Tyler's going to be there. Um, I'm going to be there. Ben's going to be there. Ben Sawyer, uh, our editor, Jason Green's going to be there. We're going to have some special guests. And it's, uh, it's presented by DestroyTheBrain.com, which is a local horror uh, podcast and, and oh, website. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They do Late Night Grindhouse and all that kind of stuff. I need to, I need to get it, reach out to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, come to the event. You can I, meet them. You, you do this every year and every year. <laughs> I can't because I am in Nashville for work that weekend. Oh, and, okay. and every time you've done it, I've been somewhere. And I <laughs> listen – it's not for lack of support. I always do the big tier on the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I always want you on the show. I love having you on the show, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to learn more about Tyler as we go. But I feel like I'm only halfway in when I can never come to your damn <laughs> events. And trust me, well, you're right you know. around bars that I enjoy. It's <laughs> it's like tailor-made for me. Well, look, I mean, Jeremy, you know, if you don't like me and Tyler, you can just come out and say it. Well, I was disappointed when you said I need to be there in person because my laptop's <laughs> broke. I'm like, shit again. Uh, no, I, 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 I hope people, I hope people come out for it. Uh, I know you've said your turnouts have been pretty fun for that, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about the book. Tyler, I've, I've, I've talked to Jim ad nauseum about this over the last few books he's done, but you brought it up earlier. It's your first time really working, even though they are indie, they are a national publisher. Uh, what what's that been like for you? And does that even influence as you're drawing? Do you do you guys literally hear much from them throughout the process? Uh, uh, I don't. It's it's all Jim facing the publisher. Uh, I'm I'm kind of spared that uh, that wrath <laughs> as I you know work diligently to try to meet deadlines that aren't possible to meet. Uh, yeah, I just I just it's, I just spoke to them today. You know, and I was like. Uh, you know. And is, is most of those conversations like, are you on schedule? Or are we going to get it on time? Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but it is though. I mean, you. I mean, I, I certainly don't want to tell put words in your mouth, Tyler. But it is a. It's pretty exciting though to go from print on demand to a published book from from someone who's actually putting some weight behind it. That's got to be great. That's great on your 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 resume, and it's great for your body of work. It's got to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I as soon as I see the thing in my hands, as soon as I still, like start seeing people, like there's not a lot yet because it's not out yet. But like, so there's a lot of talking about it, and that's been nice. Um, but actually talking to people about having read it, like that's that's where that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to to actually hear from people who've read it and like actually enjoyed it. Like I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and at the very least, you this process and this 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 uh, uh, adventure has got someone that can now split the booth with you at all the shows you guys go to, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it does relieve uh, a lot of the PR burden from you, which is great. <laughs> well, actually, I'm I'm really looking forward to um, at some point when we have you know conventions are winding down now, but uh, yeah, the season's essentially over for for the most part. Yeah, but I. I, I'm really looking forward to um, exposing the book to people at conventions with, with Tyler. Hopefully, I mean that would be really fun for me um, because we, you know, we we met kind of quickly. Would you say Tyler? And then we we started working on the book together. So we we haven't really had a chance to like hang out or do anything. 
Mm-hmm. Nope, right? all business. Yeah. And I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person who um, doesn't like to be all business. I like to I like to be friends and you know what I mean? You, you like fun stuff. If, if anybody has doesn't follow you on any social media and the fact that, and I guess this is a good transition to ask about it. Uh, I mean, you like fun stuff like improv groups and recording improv albums. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to someone who doesn't want to be all business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just released a, uh, um, a record, uh, Boys with Scarves. It's a uh, sketch comedy record and um, yeah, I I don't know if anyone's really done sketch comedy records since. Yeah, it's yeah. certainly been probably. I gotta say, I would go so far as to say, if there was one in the '80s, it probably failed. But, <laughs> right, but yeah. I mean, that's certainly a, a, a more of a '30s to '50s thing. But there were groups throughout the '60s and '70s, especially up until. Oh yeah. I, I would almost say that I think so, the advent in, in '78, '79, SNL. Yeah. Probably is what killed the sketch comedy record. Probably because it was more easily accessible. But you know, it was it began as uh, some people that I did uh, some theater and film work with, and we've always wanted to do it. And it was a pandemic project where every, everything was in lockdown, and so we you know we did that. I did my uh, my stupid haiku book. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Which is great. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, so this is uh, I I do enjoy working with my friends. I can't remember. I think. Because of the tear I got, I think I get the haiku book, right? I can't remember offhand. I think I did. I think that's okay. part. I think it was one of my favorite parts of it to get the haiku book. So <laughs> okay. uh, now, Tyler, you mentioned you had a you, you come from a drama background too. So is mm-hmm. is uh, the visual arts been something that you've experienced or, or had had some uh, experience in over the years? Yeah, I, I used to do a whole lot of theater. I haven't had much time uh, lately, and then you know there was a pandemic. Um, what so, was what was you know, your it's, it's, what was this kind of theater that that you na- gravitated towards when you did that stuff? Oh, I had I did local local theater here in town. Uh, there's a the Capitol Theater, the Mask, yeah, uh, yeah. program here in Waterloo. Uh, I was I was part of that. I did a uh, Mr. Roberts a few years back. Oh, okay, and uh, and then all all through you know high school, I was in every production both of them every year and so you love true yeah. theater too i'm not not that it's not true theater but like whereas like not sketch comedy but you did true true plays and things of that nature yeah. too yeah okay. yeah stage productions yeah. We, we're actually i mean the more we we talk and, and do these sorts of things the more we find out about <laughs> each other you know because yeah I, I was the same way i did um you know theater uh work with st louis shakespeare and uh magic smoking monkey and you know all kinds of stuff and i can't you know Doing what we do now, like what we're doing with the atonement belt, that's kind of like where my real real passion is, you know, and that's that's like my favorite. Writing thing. is your favorite is is what I think you, so, yeah. yeah, and that's that's kind of increased as I got I've, as I've gotten older. And you've done a ton of like performance art and stuff over the years, to and so, but and from music to this, but writing is what does it for you the most. I think so because it's it's the most challenging and it's so um, it, it's something that I can do from my own space. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you have kids, I've got, I've got two, uh, two kids. Um, they're the worst. <laughs> they're, I have two also. They ruin everything. They do. I just came from a parent-teacher conference, actually, for the week. Yeah. So I was telling you about that, but uh, no, actually, they're the best. And right, right now, in, it, in this phase of my life, it's about you know QTR, you know, quality time remaining. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. uh, that's that's really, and I and I try my best to have that to kind of parlay that into my work, you know, and do something that. Um, if I died tomorrow, this would be a, a, a great last thing to leave behind. I kind of approach everything that way now. 
Well, that's a, well, I know on the surface that sounds morbid, but that's a good way to know that your heart's 100% in it. Yeah, like Tyler, you know, as as an artist, I'm sure he feels this way too. You know, the great thing about loving um, an artist or or a creative person is that even when they they leave this earthly plane, you know, you still have their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can still make people happy after they're gone. And that's, that's one of the great things about art and creativity. If I have to put it in my will for my daughters to keep paying my uh, my Podbean bill so they can always get my podcast for the rest of my life. So hopefully they can do that. Uh, no, you know, I, you know, certainly I, he and I were talking earlier. I've certainly I've, I've written six issues and I'm now going to go back to plotting and drawing out my the book that I've been wanting to do for I'm years. excited for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And. and now I'm doing these colors, and which has kind of gotten me excited. And then obviously the kayfabe tober. Uh, I mean, October I love doing all the drawing prompts that pop up. But where I messed up is I should have started in COVID, and I feel like I'd have had all six issues done. Uh-huh. But now that the world started, I mean, my daughter, my my youngest daughter plays soccer to a level to where I'm at spot soccer four days a week plus games on the weekend. Yeah, and then there's work, and then my oldest daughter is. She, we're, she's a senior, so we're transitioning into finding colleges and getting oh, excited yeah. for that. Now, when I get that deadbeat out of the house, maybe I'll have a little <laughs> bit more time to to do what I want to. But what about you, Tyler? Do you, what? Are you do? You, do you have uh, kids or anything that you're balancing home life around that you find a, you have to sneak into the artist corner and draw when no one's looking? Uh, no, just the cats, but they don't like when I work late. <laughs> do they get up on 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 your uh drawing table? Yeah, they actually do. They well, if I if I work too late and I leave the room to go to the bathroom, I'll come back and and Brina will be sitting on my seat and she won't get up. So I got to go a little relocate if I want to keep working. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question I alluded to before Jim got here with you and I'm going to speak a little more uh in like a little more technical geek talk here, but but I do have some people that listen that would would really enjoy it when you do your art for this book and your own book. Do you how how do you go about doing your art? Do you lay it down on pencils and scan in and then take it to a computer process and, and what are you using when you do that? Yeah, I still mostly work traditionally. Uh, everything that I can do traditionally, I do. Um, I do, you know, I have my my printed script, and then I'll take that and do hand drawn storyboards and, and layouts, and then I'll do pencils from there onto you know full actual comic pages, and then. Uh, Did we just see I'll a sneak pen- peek for an upcoming issue right there? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll uh, I'll ink the pencils after I scan the pencils, and I scan each part of the process, you know, yeah, yeah. just in case, just in case something gets screwed up, you know, I don't want to lose it forever. Um, so then I'll, I'll link the pencils and scan that in and then uh, make any kind of adjustments I need to do in, in Photoshop. Like if I'm in some of these, these scenes, there's uh, snow. So I'm not gonna, right. I'm not going to do, do white snow, like, and, and ink around all that, you know, I'll do all the snow digitally. And, and then um, with the unforgiven, then when I do colors, uh, everything that takes place in the past is in grayscale in, in black and white. And I color all that with the neutral gray Copic markers. Um, after I do the, Oh, so you're actually do, doing that physically before you scan it. Oh, in. Yeah. oh, awesome. Yeah, I do. I do with, with the unforgiven for, for anything that takes place in the past, it's, it's pencils traditionally inks traditionally, and then colors traditionally. And then the only thing I do digitally is any kind of lettering, um, or like, you know, light glare or anything like that, you know, little, just little, um, highlights here and there. Um, and then anything that takes place in the, in the present then is a 
right now muted color and I, I color everything in Photoshop. Um, so colors and letters are the only things I do digitally. Mm. And then just like a few little like elements that, that don't really make a lot of sense to do traditionally, like any kind of um, overlay, like a reflection or, yeah, or, yeah. or something like that. That's awesome. Now, I, I guess I could, I, I know it's not as exciting, but we'll spin it back to you. So when you come out with a script, are you doing a handwriting notes or do you go straight to typing out what you want every time? Well, this, this one was a little strange because the seed for it was planted when I did a, I wrote a screenplay called The Angels of Warwick. And um, I, I kind of wrote it for myself. It was almost like a tone poem. It was nothing that would really translate to being entertaining or, or communicating things. It was just so personal. So, um, but I liked, I guess there's some catharticism to that. Too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But there are a couple of characters that I wanted to explore and I wanted to make the story work. And I felt like this would make, this would be so much better as a comic, as a comic series. So I did that and I started doing that before, before COVID. And I was working on the outline when COVID happened. And then I got COVID before all of the, uh, the vaccines and stuff. And that really knocked me out. Yeah. You know? And then for a while after that, I had the brain fog. And so I, it was really a struggle to get through the outline because I just couldn't concentrate. It was the weirdest thing, you know, but I finally did. And it was so satisfying. You know, it, it's, it's really um, kind of typical, I guess, or cliche to say, this is the best thing that I've worked on. And it's the, you know, but I really feel like, um, I, I really made it a point to kick things up a notch and really, really push myself, you know. And the fact that um, I feel like Tyler is sort of matching that, that marriage is working so well creatively that it, it's so gratifying. And I, I can't wait for people to, to read it and check it out. I think that any real artist, whether when you're creating something, whether that's writing or <clears throat> You know, I guess drawing to an extent, but certainly writing and, and music. I think it's. Uh, I think if you really are good at your craft and you really, you, you should. You should always almost feel like this is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Because yeah. you're you're getting better and you're getting more ideas. Are you're better at your craft as you go? Now I will say, you know, music. I've always heard guys like Paul McCartney say, this is the best I've ever done, but you were a Beatle, so that's a tough one. I don't buy <laughs> yeah. into that. It's subjective, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I do is, understand yeah. that, you know, you, you're more of yourself goes into it. You get more comfortable doing things like that, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you should be you should be learning. Like, you yeah, should never stop yeah. learning. You know, you should always right. be trying to improve and, and learn and, and get better. Well, and you brought up – and. Um, I want to tie tie it back to this book too. You brought up something early, Tyler. I I think it was you that brought it up. It might've been you, Jim. Um, I don't even know if there's a real question here, but you you had mentioned that, um, you know, some comic books are done so, so well, how you pace it and how you draw it, that it looks, it is like a movie. Mm -hmm. And I certainly think, and, and, you know, it's too bad. Ben's not here to talk about this because there's certain guys like it there. And I know his, one of his favorites, Sean Murphy. Mm -hmm. I I almost feel like that guy should be a director because of the way he draws his outlines. Sean Murphy. Yeah. Cause it looks like a movie. And certainly with, he he did a book with uh, Mark Miller called Crononauts. Yeah. And that was, that thing was optioned before it even was printed. Oh wow. And, but, um, there's a, I feel like there's a fine line. Like sometimes it's good to have that in a book, and then sometimes there's things that I never ever from comics want to see in a movie. And I can tell you, like, obviously we we've 
come a long way in filmmaking to where Avengers was amazing stuff, but there's still some great old nineties X-Men stories and, and some books like that, that like you can't make a movie out of that. I think even with the Avengers though, if you really want to get a good Avengers story and a really good Avengers adventure, for example, read the comics. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I think in the, in the industry now, a lot of people create comics in the hopes that they'll get a movie deal or, or get it optioned, you know, which is great, you know, but just speaking for me, I don't want to speak for Tyler. Um, for me, when I was, you know, working on it, it was more important to just make a damn good comic. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's the form that I love, you know, and uh, that that's the important part for me, not not sort of doing things to where maybe there's a movie deal later, you know. Well, I, I can say this as a compliment to both of you. This first book that I read, uh, I, I can I, I certainly from being an, an artist you know, most of my life and, and a f- avid fan of comic books, I certainly do feel like that I can tell by the way you talked and stuff and your love for St. Louis, both of you and stuff, you probably didn't set out to make it, but I think the be- some of the best compliments and parts of this book, I could see like that. I- I've referenced it earlier, like that car scene that when I was reading that, I saw that moving in my head like it was a tv show that's great like it was an hbo max tv series like so that that's a that's kudos to you guys for pulling that off because it is and it's you know it comes from the dialogue it comes from the the characters and certainly comes from the backgrounds that i praised already earlier so i'm excited about seeing where the book goes i'm excited for to talk to you about it because every issue uh one thing i'm really excited about you know you always want to end an issue with a cliffhanger that really makes you want to read the next issue, you know, the next chapter, you know. And I feel like in this series, we've got some real humdingers, as my grandpa would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like, too, though, like, so with Butcher Queen, the first Butcher Queen series I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, but there was something about Planet of the Dead that um, left me on the edge of my seat at the end of each issue. Yeah. And, it, you know, it seemed like because of the, what was going on on the planet, the stakes seemed a little higher, if that made sense. It was more dangerous. Yeah. And now yeah. you're writing a, 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 a horror book, which, if done right, every issue should make you feel like, oh, my God, who's dying next or what's happening next? So yeah. it lends itself to – I'm, I'm super excited. And, and certainly uh, some of my favorite comics of all time, um, you know, Joe Hill's done a great job with comic books and stuff. And then – not necessarily horror, but uh, certainly suspense and, and crime noir. Dave Lampham, my Stray Bullets is my favorite, one of my three or four favorite series of all time. Yeah. And every time I read an issue of that, I was like, holy shit, what's he going to do in the next issue? <laughs> and I could see from what you're talking about and, and from how you teased me earlier about some of the art, I can't wait for that experience. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to you about it. I, I really want to get your feedback on it when, when they come out. But uh, yeah, and that, again, you know, uh, one treat about working in comics is that when you write it, you know, one of my favorite things is to get art from Tyler. Because every time, you know, it's never a disappointment. It's always great. So do you always send him the, the, the layouts or the do you wait till it's inked? Do you wait till it's black and whites? At what point do you do you do you do you say, hey, does this look good? Or is this what you're shooting for? Or do you say, do you at this point now that you guys, I'm assuming you're one issue, two issues ahead, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I am going to be finished with the third one at the end of this month. So just one more to go. So as you get to this point, do you even care? Because you know he's got it. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, you know, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> he's got it. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I uh, and we've had, we're, we're um, fairly collaborative. 
Yeah, well, we're we're very much uh, on the same page mm. with a lot of these, a lot of the work, wouldn't you say, Tyler? I mean, there's been a very you can times. be honest here. He's not in the same room. He's like he's a tyrant <laughs> to work with. We've had very few like um, like notes. I can only think of a couple. We just had one yesterday, actually, where I think it was yesterday where we were talking about Jake. I got to be vague, but Jake, something happens with Jake and how that's visually represented. And we were all kind of going back and forth, me, him, and Ben, and we, we settled on something that was really fantastic. Tyler, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. J- Jake, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Um, I hope so. He drew it. <laughs> he drew the damn thing. <laughs> it's hard to get Tyler's reaction because there's a delay. <laughs> yeah, there. right, right. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it's, it is collaborative, and I, you know, I'm not like – a micromanager or anything, you know. Um, you come across as a real hard ass, Jim. I know it's it's probably the muscles, <laughs> probably. Um, but uh, no, it's you know when I when I, I try to be as detailed as possible with the script, but not so detailed that like Tyler, you know, he he brings so much to it of himself. Well, that's you know? that's a great question there too, Tyler. Since you are this is your first collaborative experience, so you don't really have a lot to draw from, but you're used to doing your own stuff. Um, you know, there's there's horror stories out there about how Alan Moore would would write literally everything on the paper that the artist had to draw, and then there's <laughs> other situations where an, a writer just like, man, it, you you go go ahead and do it. It's up to you. And it's certainly like in the Stan Lee to Jack Kirby days when Kirby came up with most of the visuals. And like, is there a Stan would write dialogue? Yeah. yeah, I mean, is that how much how much um, of your book or your your when you send it over, how much do you say this is what I'm looking for, and how much do you just trust the process from from Tyler getting it done? Uh, well, the reason why I wanted to work with Tyler was because I had, you know, a, a lot of his uh, perspective on just on social things uh, from reading The Unforgiven. There's a lot of things that he and I come from a I I think a similar place on place from. So I I it was something I never really particularly worried about to be honest with you um you know i I know that a lot of writers um you know they'll they'll hire an artist but it's sort of a subcontracting thing and they don't want to share credit but you know he's he's my co-creator on this Hmm. you know because it's it's a comic book it's a visual medium as I don't. Well. Want to, I don't want to start too much of an argument on the interwebs, but when you talk about that co-creating and share credit, I also want to mention that a little bit like Stanley and Jack Kirby all yeah. over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, even with like uh, our our letterer um, Ed Dukeshire, who's done, who's worked with all the all the big boys. You know, he's just an amazing letterer, and it's the first time I've worked with a letterer who just does lettering. You know. Yeah. What's that like from your your point of view tyler i mean you you do all your own stuff what's it like to have a letterer turning it over that's certainly something you don't have to worry about yeah no it is definitely something i don't have to worry about um it's it's nice to to share the the responsibility on everything because it's a it's a lot of work to carry the entire thing yourself and you know you have to be like okay well it'll take me this long to do this i know it'll take me this long to do this and then by the time you get to it you're like well i can only put out so much a year then because of how much each facet of it's going to take. Yeah. Well, so give it, give us a little bit of um, idea of how that process works from that. So that's a good point. So like you, you still place the word balloons and all that stuff. You still do that for him and then turn that over to the letter. And he does no determination on that part of it. Or does, do you guys, do you draw your page and say, ah, oh, shit, 
now I got to place my word balloons? How does that work? So I, I do definitely take into consideration where every single word balloon and box will go in my layouts. Um, when I, when I, I have everyone mapped on the, on the storyboard pages and I don't know, I don't know how much Ed likes to go by it. Like I haven't really seen any of the finished, like, like lettering. Um, but you know, I, I do, I do make sure I'm very conscious of that, especially having done it myself for a decade. You know, I, I, I make sure everything's got its place and there's enough room for everybody so that nobody's getting, you know, squashed out of anything, uh, art or lettering. I got to think that throughout history of comic books, there's some great artists, whether that's Jim Lee or Mike Mignola or whoever has drawn this magnificent page and they turned it over to someone who put a word balloon right where he didn't want it. And then there's just blind rage that comes from Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm certain of it. Yeah. Well, you know, um, what's interesting is that lettering, um, and and Ed does something really great in the book, like there's a a couple characters that we call the Blood Children. And uh, he does uh, different lettering for them. And it's very, even lettering has uh, its own character to it. You know, so yeah, we certainly when done um, right too, and yeah, which absolutely. is something people take for granted. And usually, letterers aren't on the cover, but Ed's name is on the cover with us. You know, um, and I think it's just fair because we're all sort of like contributing to this story and you know how well it's being put across. I that's think awesome. That's an important thing. Yeah. So, how much do you get? I know we talked about it at the deadline, but what do you when do you guys turn in uh, updates or or, or storyboards or, so, or, or just do you just turn in a finished product to red five and say here's what we're going to release and do they give you any notes um no uh red five doesn't give us any notes um it's uh it, it's pretty interesting i mean like when we were developing the atonement bell um i know that there's there's some a little bit of language in there you mm-hmm. know and I just didn't tell them about it, <laughs> you know? so um, I try to, I you know, I try to keep it to myself and my collaborators as long as possible, so that uh, they don't. It is a horror comic, <laughs> so they, so they have to up. they have to expect a certain <laughs> level of maturity that comes with that. But well, yeah, and it's but, not and it's not overused at all. Yeah, it's very character driven and it's very organic, and I, I'm you know I you know I, I'm confident about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, all language has its place, um, you know, it, narratively. And it's uh, back when I first started doing The Unforgiven, there was a point where one of the characters comes up on this giant pit full of bodies, just a huge, massive mass grave. And I thought, like, up until that point, I hadn't really, like, gone heavy into any any kind of cursing. But at that point, I'm like, well, this character's got to drop an F-bomb here because, like, there's nothing else to, like it's it's too anything else is too understated and i wasn't sure about it and i actually reached out to neil gaiman on tumblr and was like this was back in you know 2010 or so so still in the in the heyday of of you know the internet kind of kind of the tail end of it and, yeah. and where you could still do that kind of thing and i was like hey uh you know i want to i want to put this in here i i'm but i'm concerned that it's going to like maybe turn some people off of it. And he actually responded and he said, well, the way I think about it is nobody's, you know, ever complained about the the little one that was dropped in Stardust or like if they have, then those aren't the kind of readers I want reading this book. So it was best to put it in early and get it out of the way. Yeah. I'm like, 
All right. And, and so there it is. For those that <laughs> yeah, don't for those that don't know, Stardust was like one of his earlier books, novels that that could be easily translated into a straight kid story. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to put what he put in that was great. Now he's not going around and stuff like Fortunately for the Milk or or you know even um, um, uh, gosh, this is the one about the kid in the graveyard. I can't even think of his name, but but it's two parts of that story that's that was awesome is one it's neil gaiman who's as far as i go might be one of the greatest writers of the you know of certainly my lifetime if not the greatest i I certainly hold alan moore in a high regard but neil gaiman for me is someone that's transcended just comics and went into novels and two the fact that that son of a bitch responded is so fucking great i mean that's (laughs) the greatest thing i've ever heard (laughs) that's awesome yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if he would. Like, I'd seen him respond to plenty of other people, but I'm like, ah, but you know, like, how often does that happen? And yeah. I was just really happy he did because, like, I took his advice, and you know, it's what a out, so. what a great response too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing, and that that goes back to something that you know about how you come up with the story, and certainly the 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 first we'll call it draft of this, which you said you wrote basically for yourself. Um, I, I'm a firm believer of you can't write for other people you've got to write for you mm-hmm. and just know that if you like something the, the internet has taught us anything there's enough people out there that will also like it if you just find that path to get it to them you're going to be okay yeah 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 because i mean you've got to be passionate about what you're making or nobody else is going to be right so we're, we're getting close to an hour and i feel like i did this ass backwards <laughs> we haven't even really gave people what the, the – we, we did the ele- elevator pitch on The Unforgiven earlier, but let's give people the elevator pitch on The Atonement Bell, and I'll, I'll also give it to them in the pre-roll a little bit. But. Okay, okay. Yeah, so The Atonement Bell is about um, a boy named Jake and his mother. They're, uh, he recently lost his father, so they're driving into St. Louis to visit with estranged family. And they – in the course of a few days, they stumble upon one of St. Louis's darkest, uh, most disturbing secrets. And uh, it has to do with a, um, how can I put this, a tug of war between a coven and the Catholic Church. Um, it's funny, I've given this pitch so many times, and it's a little bit different every time. Yeah, you, you... Tyler, was that okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think whenever I gave the pitch uh, on a different podcast that, that Jim couldn't appear on, I I got pretty close to, I think, the one Jim gives every time. Like, I think I had it pretty close to memorized. <laughs> I, I feel like it's evolved from the first time you were on my podcast and talked about it then. I think it's oh, changed really? a little bit, Yeah, but it's, it's okay. It, it's the same same story, though. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I'm really happy with it. I'm excited to, for people to see what we've been working so hard on for so long. Well, before we before we sign off, and, and I let you guys go, and I, and I certainly let you guys give a moment to, to tell everywhere we can follow you guys. I do have to pull that pin out and ask you. Overall, you've watched it twice. Where does uh, Halloween ends? Where, where does that rank in your your head of Halloween movies? It's up there. Oh, really? Yeah, really? I, I I think that uh, in Halloween ends, uh, and no spoilers, but they took a really big creative swing with this one as big as they've done since season of the witch and i think that's so impressive and uh, i i love it um it was it's it stands on its own as far as uh, i mean it goes with the trilogy and the original film of course but um it's uh the execution of it was was so different than what we've seen and for a film series that's on its 13th film i think 
that's pretty remarkable. It, it, and what's weird, it's on its 13th film, but officially, as far as this franchise goes, this it's the fourth. It's the fourth one. Yeah, fourth film. And that's what's fun about Halloween. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You know, it really is. Timelines and, you know. Well, Tyler, have you watched it? I have not. Okay. Well, I will say this. I won't I won't get – are you a fan of Halloween, the, the series? Uh, I've seen the first and the third. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you certainly I would I – would, and this is not me – pooping on any of them I, I certainly think that the the halloween the relaunch under um um david gordon green david gordon green house yeah Blum, well also and more specifically um uh what's, what's his name what's kenny powers uh, danny mcbride oh yeah danny mm-hmm. mcbride comedic danny mcbride who they wrote the the new this beginning of this new one i don't know if they wrote all three but they, they co-wrote all they three. Co- yeah 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 so um it's it's really really good, and the second one's enjoyable. And this one, what I'll say on this one, and I'm not as high on it as you, as a Halloween film. But what I will say, and this is me and my my friend Aaron, who I've now referenced a couple of times in Kansas City, we've texted back and forth. It was brilliantly shot. It was incredibly well acted, and it had the right amount of the the, uh, the appeasing the gore fans. I mean, it was just the right amount. So there was a lot of key moment, aspects to this movie that really worked. I just thought that – I just like, – like you said, it, you, you, I, I love your opinion on it that they took a creative swing. I said they made some interesting choices. And I think that's two sides okay. of the same coin. Same coin yeah. yeah. Um, and either you, either you like that choice or you don't, and that's fine. And my wife is a diehard scary movie fan. In fact, the only thing that, uh, I've, that I have to look for, I mean, the, the, the most disappointing part about tonight is I forgot to tell her I was doing a podcast, and we try to watch 31 horror movies uh-huh. in October. And so this is taken out of our horror movie time. So not, so she was like, are you kidding me? And she doesn't hate the podcast, and she certainly loves when I have like creative people on. But, tell her we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she didn't get to watch her horror movie. So, uh, yeah, so I, I like I said, I enjoy enjoyed it but um i i enjoyed watching the film but i wouldn't say it was i i it was it was a letdown in a sense of sticking the landing for this trilogy for me okay. but it was still like i we said we could do a whole podcast talking about oh we're going to talk about something here in a little bit after we go off the air so uh <laughs> but i do want to just let people know too i first off uh the atonement bell comes out november 9th uh certainly go if if you haven't already go to your local comic shops i used to own one i know there's still time for them to get an order in unless it's sold out let's hope it is uh uh, there's certainly go demand it. Um, I, I'll tell my local comic shop in, in here in O'Fallon Bugs. I'm gonna tell him he needs to get it in. And, awesome, thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I also love supporting my local comic shop, so I don't mind having two copies. I'll go buy one from him. I certainly uh-huh. did it for Twig uh, recently, a book, oh, okay. you know, a, a book from uh, a Scotty Young. So I had to I had to buy every cover I could of that. I, <laughs> I'm a little bit of completist when it comes to my favorite artists and writers. I'm not a guy that loves all the variant bullshit that came out thanks right. to the late 90s and then relaunched again but when it's someone i love i've got to get it all so yeah um all of that said um go get the go ask for the book uh certainly you can find jim how, how else can they find stuff and, and boys with scarves okay yeah so um we're you can well i'm on twitter at uh, at jim Oosley. um the atonement bell is at atonement bell on twitter and on uh instagram on Instagram, I'm at Radio underscore Jimbo. That's right. And on Facebook, Jim Oosley. And I, I'm, I'm almost certain the, the, the gentleman, uh, the, the part of this that's not here, the colorist, Ben Sawyer, he's got a great website, too. And I'm sure he's going to link to it on his website. So oh, yeah. people need to go that. That's uh, his, his website. I forget what it is. It's 
Is it just Sawyer.com or BenSawyer.com? Yeah, something something like that. that. So search him out. And and Tyler, your website was WeAreTheUnforgiven.com? Yep, Uh, WeAreTheUnforgiven.com, TylerBRuff.com. They both direct to the same place. Uh, And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at both TylerBRuff and uh, TBR underscore Unforgiven. And before I let you go, I'm going to ask, Jim, um, you've had uh, Dead Palace, Rough and Tumble, Butcher Queen, The Atonement Bell. It does the, is the wheels already spinning, or are you still focused on the Atonement Bell that you don't know what's next, or do you have an idea of, of comic book-wise what you want to do next? The wheels, yeah, are spinning. They're always spinning. <laughs> yeah, which is great. So, I mean, yeah. and are you and just you don't have to give specifics, but you're going to stay, you're going to re- do horror again for a while now that you're here, or are you thinking of uh, going back to sci-fi or, or telling a more traditional story? The the thing that I'm kind of working up right now is uh, kind of a combination of uh, horror and crime noir. Okay. So yeah. well, that's in my wheelhouse. That's my favorite genre is crime oh, awesome. noir. So, and how about you, Tyler? You have your own book that you certainly are going to work on for another thirty three issues before it's all said and done. <laughs> and you have yeah. uh, you've had your first taste of a collaboration. Is is any of more collaboration in the future for you? Uh, well, I'm definitely going straight right back to the Unforgiven because I've been waiting to get to this next arc and these next few issues for a decade now. Okay, because <laughs> I'm like they're my favorite part of the whole story. Uh, there's a few other parts I really, really love, but this one is, I think, my favorite. There's just some some stuff I'm going to do in it that I don't think I've ever seen done in comics. Fingers crossed. Oh, that's a good so, tease. Now, now I'm no yeah. I'm no mathematician here. We're all a bunch of creative sorts on this podcast. But if you're averaging that 40 page per issue, you've done 600 pages of this book so far. I've done quite a few. That's I haven't a, counted. I haven't checked uh, recently, but it's it's probably over 500. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be up there. That's yeah. a, that dude. That's uh that's sir, certainly deserves some accolades. That's impressive. I yeah. mean, it's one. It's impressive to self-publish anything, um, and do it all yourself, hundred percent of it. And two, it's really really hard to stick with something that long, no matter if it's yours, if it's someone else's, whatever. So that's yeah. that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, pure pure stubborn willpower. Well, kudos to your willpower. Uh, <laughs> and you, I I think I heard. We don't have to give your address out, but uh, you're from the Waterloo side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, born and raised in Waterloo, Illinois. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm down there every once in a while. I've certainly I'll send you a message. I, I don't know if you're a drinking type, but there's a there's a couple breweries that are around there that I enjoy going to. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't drink, but there is Papa Vito's. So. I, I, well, that's the other thing. I like that too. So, uh, I'm super happy you guys came on. Uh, if I'm missing anything, you certainly tell people right now. Otherwise, we'll sign off. I think we covered it. Just you know, thanks for always having me on, and thanks for having us on, and your your support. You know, when you do independent comics, you know, it's a small publisher. Every little bit helps so much. So it's really appreciated. Thank you. No, no problem. And I look forward to hearing from both of you. And once it's all as it comes out, I'm certainly going to reach out and and to both of you and tell you my thoughts. And I can't wait to do that because I enjoyed the first teasing of the first issue and from some of the things you guys said. But outside of that, I'm done talking. Maybe I'm going to go squeeze a horror movie in with my wife before I go to bed. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. No problem, man. Have a good night. You too. All right, we kicked that guy out, Jim. I guess I could say bye to you too as well. But then, uh, yeah, hold tight, folks.